This is the Video Junkyard Podcast. A place that appeals to your deepest and darkest fantasies. The dead whose haunted souls hunt the living. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. From this nightmare world emerges a fearsome half-man, half-ape with the strength of 20 demons. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Video Junkyard Podcast. This is episode number 165. With me as always, my good friends and co-hosts, Joe Peterson and Ryan Steiskel. How's it going tonight, guys? Pretty good. Um, it's it's getting hot in these rhinos, if you get my drift, but I'm doing okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I am I am I am one underwear away from crawling out of a rhin- a fake rhinoceros anus. And I'm just gonna end it there. Hi guys. Yeah. Is it hot? I think anyway. It's <laughs> very. I had to shut the window because the crickets outside are so fucking loud, and I can't have my fan on in here. And so I was telling Eric, I looked around because I I do these podcasts in my art studio. I have four T-shirts around me <laughs> from different days. Like so, I'm like, ah, uh, so it's been humid lately. <laughs> <laughs> and clearly, yeah. I just been I strip occasionally and I don't know it. But yeah, is it too well, much now information? We all do. Yeah, um. <laughs> this is part of the Patreon experience. If you're hearing this, that means yeah. thank you for being part of the second tier. So, yeah, the, I, you know what you the, mentioned the, the tier cricket, that pays the, Ryan to take his clothes off. You mentioned the cricket, and I <laughs> yes. I haven't heard the cricket yet tonight. I haven't heard the cricket yet either. Maybe he's taking the week off. Huh? I think so. It could also be that it got a little hotter. Yeah, yeah, could so. be, or it's because you know he watched. Maybe he watched the Giver and was just like, okay, I'm yeah, out fuck of here. these guys. Um, it could also be that the mouse I saw ate him. So I don't know. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. You just have a whole fucking like animal kingdom in your fucking garage, don't you? I do apparently. Yeah, <laughs> there's always a bigger fish, Joe. Just remember that. That's right. What's gonna eat the mouse? Yeah. What's gonna eat? I'll the I just honest. said to eliminate an uh, like entire city of mice out of my garage recently, which was terrible, but. Anyway. <laughs> like a secret of Nim situation, or <laughs> or or like an American Tale. <laughs> oh, oh God! Now you're making me really feel bad about it. Ooh. I already kind of felt bad about it, but yeah. My, I, I, I mean, I have a very vivid memory memory of you know growing out in the woods. Re- mice are fucking constant nuisance, yeah. and finding oh, yeah. a nest of baby mice in my childhood Winnie the Pooh head. Like they tore off the head, and there was a, just a thing of mice in there, and like because you have to exterminate them, like my dad, sadly he didn't like it. He was very angry about it. Just like ran car exhaust over them to knock them out. What the fuck? Oh my god! <laughs> because he he wanted a like the most humane way to do it. That's but... not it. <laughs> he didn't know what to do last second. He was very upset about it. He didn't know what to fucking do. And like, it was just a whole traumatic experience. We, that, oh bother! Okay, well, to give your dad a little <laughs> but bit of oh bother, for, you know, yeah. He didn't want to fucking drown them, so. We attempted to do like be humane because I don't know when I tr- I try to avoid you know killing anything if I don't have to, so we got humane mouse traps and they actually work really well. They trap them, 
and then we tried to like you know drive them a little way this is a huge time consuming thing and it's terrible that we're doing this for mice it just makes me feel ridiculous but you know the kids think the mice are cute and uh, honestly if i can help killing them I, i will try to do everything i can to not um so we caught like five mice in there and we took them away from the house you gotta take them a little ways away because otherwise they'll find their way right back to um and pretty sure what we did by trying to be nice to these mice was we actually took all of the providers yep away i knew this was gonna uh, happen (laughs) got rid of them and so a couple like days later four or five days all of a sudden this horrible stench is coming out of our garage and we moved some of the shelves around and found not one, but two nests of mice with, like, two or three babies in each of them just dead. Oh. <laughs> and I'm like, oh man, we were trying to be nice, so we took away the parents and just left these babies there to starve to death. It's like, well, that's what I get for trying to be a nice guy, right? Well, so, that's the thing. I was I'm gonna... just going to do it the old-fashioned way next time, and just it's probably better off. <laughs> I was going to say... That's what happens if you actually take out an adult. There's probably a nest of babies somewhere, and they will die, and they will stink. We had that happen to us in the mm-hmm. in our bathroom. We had no idea what the fuck happened until we actually had to open up our wall and find it. So, like, when yeah, a lot the little, of... Yeah, little bastards, just like in your case, they built it, their nest out of the... Uh, my wife has a bunch of Christmas decorations we have stored in the garage, but there's a um, Christmas Minnie Mouse decoration that had a lead, like red <laughs> felt dress and they ate the dress off of Minnie Mouse and well not ate it but built a nest out of it so anyway it looked like a comfy nest well that's the th- and like when you mentioned like yeah so we drove out to drop it off I'm like yeah I lived in the woods that's where they fu- that's where people drop out their fucking mice <laughs> like you're just yeah, giving yeah. them to somebody else um, it's 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 a, there's no huge there's no great way of dealing with it. Yeah, and, there's you know, no, yeah, that's the conclusion I've come to. After it's a all lot of this, like, it's a lot like living in the Bronx. You just kind of grow up with death, <laughs> you know. There you go. And now we take a quick break to let you know about some other excellent podcasts that you should check out. I would like to invite you to take a trip across all of time and space. Join us in the police box as we discuss the worlds of Doctor Who in a completely random order. We discuss it all. TV stories, audio adventures, novels, nonfiction books, and on and on. I'm your host, Eric Branson. I would be very happy if you'd join me for the Police Box in the Junkyard podcast. The Police Box in the Junkyard podcast is a proud partner of the Video Junkyard podcast and can be found on most major podcast platforms including SoundCloud, Podcast Addict, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, and Spotify. Hi, I'm Juliet. And I'm Nathan. Experience Doctor Who from the very beginning through a classic fan's eyes. And through the eyes of a new Who fan. Reminisce and relive those classic moments with Nathan as he offers fun insight. Or experience them for the first time with Juliet as she dwells on social issues, history, fashion, and the size of a flashlight. We're the Time Streams Podcast. Find us on Spotify, Stitcher, or Apple Podcasts. Video Junkyard Podcast. Yeah, movie for this week is the 19... I almost said the 1990 film. <laughs> the 1982 film, 1990, The Bronx Warriors. These are the weapons. These are the warriors. This is the final battlefield.
1990, the Bronx Warriors. They trust no one. They fear nothing. They walk with death. Those who follow them will survive. Those who challenge them will die. You will see the future. You will be afraid. The first to die will be the lucky ones. 1990, the Bronx Warriors. They walk with death. That is directed by... Um, sorry, I don't have it. I just clicked away. Directed by Enzo Castorelli. Um, produced a, by Fabra, Fabrizio DeAngelis. And uh, shot by uh, one of uh, Italy's, at least cult film-wise, or no, film-wise in general, most famous cinematographer Sergio Salvetti. I don't know how he got involved with this project, but he must have owed somebody a favor. Um, but yeah, so... Uh, interesting one let me get you a quick synopsis if anyone's not familiar with this film which i assume not many people are um, 1990 post nuke new york city a young beautiful girl named anne is running away from her corrupt corporate arms dealer dad and leaves the safe haven of a maximum security island known as manhattan with a ruthless bounty hunter on her trail, she makes the deadly mistake of escaping to the fearsome forbidden zone of the Bronx, a no-man's wasteland of marauding warriors and cutthroat gangs. When Anne meets gang leader Trash, he decides to protect her and turn the tables on her corporate oppressors by waging an all-out guerrilla war. So, there you go. Is this that what is, happened? Uh... And you know what? <laughs> I guess. that I you think know? that uh, synopsis took a couple liberties, but... It yeah, did, because if that was the movie... <laughs> Which I see what they're, I see how they're describing it, but Marketing, that actually could be a cool plot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if handled well, which if, if handled well if is handled the key, because well. I, I think there's some elements here that you know, well, you know, are there any elements? I'm not sure there are any elements here that are original to this film to tell you the truth, but no. I mean, this this movie um, could potentially be that plot, or to quote the 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 main protagonist, it could just be a pile of shit out of someone's asshole. <laughs> yeah yeah there's some yeah. great dialogue in this one there is some there's definitely some dialogue in it <laughs> bad dialogue yeah. in this movie um so yeah star wise we got vic morrow and fred williamson both cult film favorites as well as george eastman uh all three kind of slumming it in this thing the only one that looks like he's having any fun is fred williamson he's actually pretty terrific in this he's one of the highlights um yeah the dubbing uh, doesn't help the, the dubbing doesn't the help yep and bronx classic accent. Italian style, we have you know ADR uh, dialogue for pretty much everybody. So even people that are English speakers are dubbed. Yeah, um, <laughs> which was yeah an interesting effect. Yeah, yeah. So it's not uncommon, uh, but ADR we get shit, for but... you know the this era of Italian movies is certainly common. Um, yeah, they like what they shot this because of the Italian. This is like the one bit of trivia I know. They shot 50% of it in Italy, but because it's a movie based in the Bronx, they had, like, a weird situation. Like, anything outside, Bronx. Anything inside, yep. Italy. 
So, so they shot it, yeah, 50-50. They have to shoot at least 50% in Italy to get, like, their, you know, stipend or money they would apply for from whatever kind of film grants that the government gives up. Um, so, yeah, shot 50% of it in Italy on sound stages, and all the exteriors were shot in, in New York and the Bronx. So... Looks like they just found some, like, dilapidated buildings. And honestly, I think you see the same dilapidated building set of buildings, like, almost the entire movie. And they try to play it off like it's different. It actually works better than it sounds like it works. But, <laughs> yeah, it's, like, the same location over and over again. I will some say the costume. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Ryan. I was going to say there was one building, like, for the zombies where they actually painted the walls, like, red and, like, blue with the columns. But they just painted over the debris. And I actually thought... <laughs> This is actually kind of a cool aesthetic you got going on here that kind of adds some character to these gains. Would have been cool if this was more common. Like, something like this yeah. all over. We should mention that when you say zombies, it's not zombies. It's That's no. the name of one of the gangs. That's the name of yeah, one of the gangs. One of the gangs. And so, but if zombies would have shown up in this movie, I wouldn't have been surprised. Well, yeah. even the this... zombie gang itself, they're just a bunch of fucking padded people on roller skates. So they're not even <laughs> yeah. with like yeah. weird. They're playing like so old this... fashioned roller hockey with their weird hockey stick weapons. Yeah, they're like really field hockey, hockey sticks. sticks, but they're yeah. like just solid metal. But it's an shorter. incredibly derivative movie, and it's derivative mostly of like the Warriors, and yep. it's kind of like the Warriors slash Escape from New York. It's got those two kind of elements, yeah. kind of jammed together in two, and certainly the the aspect of all the different gangs. So each have their own kind of shtick is borrowed from the Warriors, but they do it to to the like nth degree, and just they're very very silly in this uh, movie. Uh, the Riders are a motorcycle gang, and they're our main characters that find the girl Anne. Who happens to be, you know, the daughter of a, uh, the president, CEO, whatever he is, of the Manhattan Corporation, which we don't really get an idea that we know that they're powerful and, you know, control the uh, secure island of Manhattan, where like the, you know, regular New Yorkers go about their lives, kind of thing, and the rest of the area is wasteland, especially the Bronx, which is run by competing gangs. Um, but yeah, the gangs, like you were mentioning, the Zombies Gang is a bunch of yeah guys with pads, field hockey sticks, and roller skates. But and, they actually uh, have a zombie dude named Leech who does not is not part of that gang. He's with the Tigers. Mm-hmm. What the, That's right. What the fuck? You the got a, yeah. You have the Hot Rod Gang, the Tigers. Yep. And then yep. there's I don't know what like the the, the weird kind of cave dwelling <laughs> painted up. Oh, the yeah, scavengers! I, I, I don't even know yeah. scavengers. Yeah. yeah, I had a note about that, just saying: Do Italian filmmakers know that there are other makeup than just painting someone's face white? <laughs> you know, and, and putting no, like yeah, there were like two or three games that were just yeah, because that's so common in Italian thrillers and horrors. Like I think a lot of Lucio <laughs> Fulci has that. You know, like uh, yeah. they're just it's gray face paint and gauze. That's you're weird. a zombie or you're some weird thing. I don't get what it is, but yeah, Play there's Radio even, even some of the costumes. Some of the costumes in here even are a little reminiscent of some like Clockwork Orange type shit too. I mean, it really borrows, but yeah, very well, what about the Warriors the, and Escape from New York. What about the Dance yeah. Squad? Oh gang. my god, the Jazz Dance Gang. Yeah, with yeah. the metal hats. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, uh, what's that one member from Kiss who has the silver paint? Starchild, the, whatever his name is. Yeah, Paul yeah, Paul Stanley. Yeah. yeah. Like that's the same. That's what they all share is that 
just that. They're just the one Paul Stanley fan. <laughs> like, let's make a game based off of Paul Stanley. But with yeah, jazz. The gangs, the gangs were very silly, and it's actually one of my favorite parts of this movie that doesn't have a whole lot of, like, really memorable, wonderful things going on. The, the, gang, the funny gang uh, shticks cracked me up quite a bit. Um, and the funny gang sticks. There's a variety of funny gang sticks. Like, everyone yeah, has yeah. a stick. Every different game has That's a right. different stick. Well, you don't uh, need yeah. to reload them. Nope. You just throw them like a harpoon, apparently. I want to talk a little bit about some of the writers, some of our main characters. So Trash yeah. is their leader. He looks like he's yeah, about 16. <laughs> and yep. everybody else looks like they just got back from Nam. He's, yeah. uh, he's kind of tall, like awkwardly tall and skinny. He's not really like doesn't really look like he fits on a motorcycle very well he always like, has like that where straight he looks back. awkward yeah like yeah <laughs> he's always like stand up straight like stuck with him for the rest of his life and just has and that awkward like ghostly walk you know yeah. how you can look at somebody and you may not be able to guess what their voice is going to sound like but you could probably narrow it down to like a handful mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah the dubbing they use for him is clearly not one of those yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, it's a little really off. Like it's this thick Bronx Italian accent and he looks like he would have a very soft voice because his pants are so goddamn tight. Yeah. He's this guy's got a, a permanent soprano. wedgie. Like he's got this like I don't know, the jeans just look like they're so riding so far up his ass that like I don't know. <laughs> and uh that's the true writer in the writer game is the jeans. By the end of the yeah. movie, by the end of the movie, you start really admiring the jeans. Like they have held up. <laughs> yeah, like I, you I find out at the end of the movie, like, it's a rip. Levi's commercial this entire time. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, and so the uh, the bounty hunter that's following them too, Hammer. Yeah, Hammer. Vic, Vic Morrow as Hammer. Oh yeah. my god! But we actually have Vic, an actor. Vic does a good job in this thing. Yeah. Sometimes he's not happy to be in it, but he's doing it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I will say there's um, one member of the writers that really like. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go. Yeah, I'll, oh, I was uh, just. Vic. I was gonna jump ahead, and I, I probably shouldn't. We probably should kind of keep it in order, but I'm going to anyway. Um, at the end of the film, during the climax, Vic Mick Morrow's overdone maniacal laughter. Uh, as no he's survivors. Like, <laughs> yeah, just like I don't know. I started. I was like maniacally laughing along with him. It was so. I got a kick out of it. Uh, I'm pretty sure it was just like the same scene, just replayed multiple yeah, times. Yeah, probably. Same shot. I actually think this movie had multiple points where it did literally repeat, you know, some stock footage here and there. So yeah, so repeat shots. I, I did like some of the other um, main characters in in the writers. Um, Ice, who's kind yeah, of Ice. like the second in command in a way. Yeah, he was yeah. called the general. So, yeah, like, and I mean it's fucked up. He's wearing like an old SS coat, but that's a motorcycle thing back then. Yeah, a lot um, of the motorcycle or like so many movies like this post-apocalyptic movies always had that for some reason, especially yeah. the Italian ones. Yeah, um, but yeah, like he just it was this over-the-top scene-chewing smarmy. Mm-hmm. I kind of <laughs> like the character. I was like, this guy's yeah. a dick. I kind of like it. Like, I like how they're doing yeah. this. I liked him better than I liked Trash. Trash was just kind of... Trash? 
aptly named. A little bit. Well, <laughs> no. Actually, he was kind of the opposite of that. Like, he should have been, right? Like, he was kind of a pretty boy. He was the cleanest of, like, one, yeah. Yeah, he was kind of clean cut and, like... Maybe all their names are ironic, because well, Ice was always himself. a hothead. Yeah, He, never, he rarely true. stayed cool, and Trash was always super clean. And Trash ended up being a romantic, and he's like, you know, the, I don't know, just... Seems Not a lot of plays in a motorcycle gang. Doesn't do well with nets. <laughs> no, he does not. <laughs> nope, defeated by a net very easily. Maybe uh, yeah. that's why the tight pants. Does that Maybe. help with nets? Yeah. Well, you're used to tight-fitting clothes. Somebody throws a blanket on you. You're like, oh, my God, what do I do? Mm-hmm. Ooh, this is, a, is this an Afghan? A of cloth. Yeah, <laughs> this, you know. this is a very loosely made Afghan. Yeah, um. it, I, yeah. I the the trash is the leader. I kept wondering, like, I had to watch this one, but I got about halfway through it, and then I had to finish it today, and I had to rewind a little bit to, you know, remember mm-hmm. what I was watching. And I'm like, he's the leader, really? I just didn't buy it. Yeah. The whole first half, I was watching it. Well, and Ice is like his second in command, and he's got a lot, you know, so much more charisma, and like, I mean, he's not, he's a, he's a jerk, but yeah. Uh, you buy him being a leader of a gang of people like this. I don't think I bought for a second that that Trash had any command over these people in any way. These, um, you know, kind of hardcore Hells Angels style bikers, uh, which, by the way, like some of the like loose extras that weren't really characters in the film, but just kind of there to fill the space. They actually hired real Hells Angels or real Hells Angels in this film. So, yeah. oh, once again, explains the yeah. swastikas. <laughs> yeah, um, well, but they uh, the scene at the beginning when the writers are going to meet with the oh, shit. What are their names? The 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 hot rod group, the tigers, uh, the tigers, tigers. Yeah. tigers. Yep. Yeah. When they meet with the tigers and they meet at like this pier, right? When we we first meet the ogre, right? Yeah, we first meet yeah. the ogre, which is Fred Who's Williamson. The be- yeah, best Fred, character in this. Played movie. by He's Fred great. Williamson. Yeah, and, yep. Williamson. So they pull up, and there's a dude there, just some like random street guy, and he's drumming. Yeah, and the they drummer. have their whole meeting, thought, and he's still drummer here? fucking drumming. If like if these are like the most dangerous gangs in in the Bronx, if I was just like doing my drum practice someday, and these fuckers pulled up, I'd be like, I'll be let me just get right out of your hair. I'm sorry, you know, just passing yeah, through. Like, I, I was actually done. You guys, I was done. Go right ahead. It's no problem. Uh, take all the time you need. Yeah, it's fine. But, but he no, just almost like this, it was a, a score, like just a drum score, like it was going along with the scene. Then I'm like, no, wait, hey, there's actually a guy just sitting in this scene drumming. Like that's that's you know practical dude's still sound. Drumming. Yeah, there's a like, dead dude yeah. off by the pier, pierced through the chest. First thing they show you, dude drumming. Feels like it's an intro of an Arctic Monkeys music video. To, for those who actually <laughs> fucking know what music video I'm talking about, and the seat he's sitting on is like one of those three-chaired connected seats you see at a bowling alley. Yeah. I don't know if you yeah. guys... It was a quick see it in, glimpse and it's gone situa- situation. But um, there's a lot to break down with that guy. And he's just watching these gains have this thing as he's still going on with his little drum solo. Yeah, it's like doing my drum thing here. I'm not going to stop. Like, nope. <laughs> maybe, maybe no one addresses that. Maybe it's just like, oh, yep. Nope, that's Anthony. We, uh... I mean, like, we, should we meet down there? But you know, he's Switzerland. The, he's our Switzerland by the river where <laughs> yeah. we usually meet. It's like, yeah, but there's that guy. He's always drumming. It's like, yeah, we know, we know him. He's fine. Just it's cool. Like, yeah, it's cool. Or maybe it's like a Mad Max thund- uh, 
Fury Road, like the Doof Warrior. Like, yeah. Yeah. This is our, <laughs> we sent our dude down here to... Because, actually, that... Did you get our doofagram? Did you get our Did you get our doof warrior? Um, you know, think about it. When they are hanging out later with the tigers, they're they've got a piano and they play yeah. music, and they you know they, yeah. they always yeah. have music playing. So maybe uh, maybe that was part of a you know like they sent like the the reception committee there ahead of time to set everything up. Yeah, maybe the ogre sends right. them in there. Yeah. Like, because yeah. like, the cult, there the, is a musical aspect to that gang every time. So. Right, there's like a cultural musical aspect of them. Yeah, it's they cool. Have the, man, Actually, you just made this bizarre moment in this movie make sense. Yeah, I did yeah. good job. Good job. You canonized it. Like, yeah. it's actually kind of cool if you think about it. <laughs> it's like, oh, that's because neat. they they called the meeting. Like they were, they they summoned the the. I was gonna call them the warriors, the riders, the riders to yeah, the that riders, location, yeah. and like, hey, we killed your guy. He was a narc. He had a gizmo, man. And I'm not, I'm not making that up. You they actually called it a gizmo. I, not a modern. <laughs> I like that you, you brought that up because the next thing I wanted to talk about was like the, the, the tough talk in this movie is so. Oh my god, it's great. I was gonna say it was so good, <laughs> but good may not be the right word to describe it. But it's so like it's such a misfire. It's kind of like guys trying to talk tough and like. Uh, Oh, I don't know. It's primetime sitcom in the 1980s, or you know, a Saturday morning cartoon show. Yeah. Uh, now they do say, you know, there's there's swearing and and, and, bad, and bad language, obviously, but it's so like misplaced. Like people calling each other pisshead, and uh, it's oh, it's the know. equivalent it's, of being a teenager in like the just mid 90s, and you're like just learning to swear. Making up your own swear words and you know trying to con- experimenting with swear words like just kind of throwing some together, seeing how it sticks. Like that's um, like shit fuck. Yeah, and a lot of people want to tear each other's lid- lids off in this movie. Like that seems yeah. to be the one where they yeah before I knock knock your knock your lid off, knock your block off, kind of like yeah. Anyway, it's totally got, unbelievable. You, my, one of my favorites. You got up. your gray matter in your anus. I'm like, you could have just yes. said that Oh, yeah, ass. I wrote that one down. Same. You could have just said that up your ass, dude. It's fine. We got it. You didn't have to make us think about it. We all picked They use the right word away. gray matter a lot, though. It's not the first time they use it, either. It's used frequently to describe Yeah, I hear it every now of. and then. It, it's still kind of an old kind of 40s type thing, or maybe not that old. but and You're gray matter. I'm like, yeah. uh, who are you, Perot? Talking about the little, <laughs> like, the little gray matter in your brain, thinking about these mysteries. I yeah, mean, I, I wrote down the quote. It's you got your gray matter in your. Oh, hang on, I can't read my own handwriting. You got your gray matter on your butt, in your butt, in your butt. Yeah, in your butt, not even anus. You, you got, your got butt. it in your butt. Yep. And they say a lot worse words than butt. Yeah, <laughs> but they but they still throw those in. It's like it's like that like. You know, you're a 12 year old in the playground thing. You're just kind of throwing them out there. Find, yeah, they still say butt. And, you find out that this was actually like a Rugrats episode, and this was just all a fantasy that was being played yes. out in their playpen. <laughs> how they how they learned to swear. Yeah, they picked yeah, up the it, swear it words from a movie. From they were watching the Warriors, and then Tommy in the game like, "Come on, guys, <laughs> you can call me trash." <laughs> there's there's definitely a, a drinking game to be made out of this like every time there's a ridiculous curse or something you take a yeah shot, you know yeah every time there's an awkward dialogue so every time you're every gonna time die someone, yeah. you will die yeah. tries to act <laughs> tough but sounds like a little kid when he's like 
Yeah, um, the entire script is unintentionally hilarious. Like, I, I don't think they were trying to be funny necessarily. I think uh, they were writing a script with, you know, English as a second language, and they just were taking trying to sound tough and it comes off most of it comes off as just ridiculous because it's like if you, you took know, warrior writing in a second language it probably is a lot like a 12 year old trying to string their swear words together and sound yeah. cool so it's like you took yeah. the script for warrior the sorry the warriors and you threw it through google translate you translate <laughs> right. it to italian then you translate it back to english and you're like this is different enough right? that much now maybe escape from new york both yeah just throw in both yeah. or both, both yeah yeah um, cause that's exactly uh, is what it, this is. It's, I don't know if this is bad or not, but reading the synopsis, you, you read the same one that I did, mm. and then seeing this movie and seeing how much they borrowed, especially from Escape from New York. Yeah. Really kind of made me think, you know, this, if, if, again, if handled properly, like you throw Snake Plissken back in this or something, like maybe now he leads a group or something. You, this could have been a better sequel than Escape from L.A. <laughs> yeah, well, a lot of sequels could have been better than no, Well, to be fair, this movie did have a sequel called Escape from the Bronx. So It does, yeah. Yeah. It Maybe does, your dream came true and we don't even know it. There are a lot of fans of I mean it, and and you know, Mark Gregory came back as trash in that movie, so you get a yeah. whole other a whole other chapter to the trash story, so And that's when he disappeared um, and we well, never saw him again. Yeah, after that he's he's gone and just a memory <laughs> like trash um, in the wind <laughs> yeah speaking of trash I have a note just one line that just literally says holy moose knuckle Batman so I think that's uh, <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure I was talking about him I'm trying to like decipher my notes but I, I'm gonna guess I was having a hard time guess like, like whether or not that was a line in the movie <laughs> or one referring to the movie um, I felt like it was too good for the movie so you get the points yeah wow. yeah and I also accredited him with a nice, nice beach speech trash. So bad, so wonderfully bad. But I, I didn't, like, write down what he said, and I can't remember now. But I do remember cracking up at his, like, motivational speech, like, before they go on the, you know, quest to f- go and talk to the tigers or to go find the ogre. We live in the... Yeah. We, we in the Bronx live with death. Live with death. That was, yeah. I know that was his big reoccurring. Anyway, <laughs> it comes back at the end to... Uh, but when his main squeeze gets mm-hmm. bang, <laughs> no consequence yeah. there, I guess. And then the way this one wraps up, <laughs> just like <laughs> the way it ends is so. It, I, I mean, it just boom, nuts. you're done. <laughs> well, you're left. I, I almost said you're left hanging there, but it, it definitely uh, <laughs> the ending really drags you. You know. <laughs> uh, it's the weirdest the goddamn thing. Um, Ties the, yeah, the hammer on the back of the bike, right? And then, well, uh, he shoots the hammer in the chest after like hammer it went in very far. After and hammer in his group just completely with like a spear or a, a harpoon, with a harpoon right? yeah, yeah, with a harpoon, and then he ties the other end of the harpoon rope to his motorcycle, and yep. just drags him down the road, and the movie ends. <laughs> And then credits roll, like credits they take roll. off, and it's like boom, like really abruptly, end end of movie. So, so we didn't mention the part. Prior Not much to is that, resolved. Where they had their whole hey, we got through this plot. He reunited with his girl. The tigers and the riders 
have now like made a truce like yeah we got rid of our snitches we're all good hammer comes in dressed in his old in a, in a cop uniform a leather daddy cop uniform and then they just have yep. cops um with leather on horses and flamethrowers and they just kill literally everyone <laughs> but yeah they trash. surround the place and like trash is the only one that and, it, and if you know hammer is technically still kind of alive at that point they're the only two that ride away from this thing yeah <laughs> yeah even the ogre gets it so it's yeah it's like but i will say ogre had a cool death scene he got shot five times in the back and he just yep. he just like stumbles off towards his throne sits there as he's getting like by it not on it but by it surrounded by flames and takes out one of his cigars and you see a silhouette of him with his cigar and like the flames around him and it's just like this motherfucker yep. is the coolest fucking thing about this goddamn movie yeah the <laughs> ogre so fred williamson and we've talked about it you know briefly but we can talk about it a little more is definitely the coolest thing about this movie he and i'll probably repeat this in my review section later single-handedly makes this worth sitting through in my opinion like he is the epitome of cool in this movie he is cooler that Isaac Hayes was in Escape from New York. You, I would put Fred in Ooh. as the Duke in that movie. Um, I know it's a big claim, but I don't know. He, he does a good job with this thing. This is, a, this is a Fred Williamson role to remember in a movie that's probably not worth remembering. But Yeah, which I thought was interesting that his nickname is actually Hammer in real life because of the movie Hammer yeah. that he did. Yep. And then you have a character yep. in here named Hammer who kills him. <laughs> I'm like, hmm. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> hmm. I'm still thinking. I don't know, man. I mean, like going back to escape, escape to New York. <laughs> yeah. You know that that fight scene between Snake and uh, oh God, I'm blanking on his name. The, the he used to fight the big dude, right? Do yeah. that arena, and uh, you know, I want to see the Duke, and I want to see uh, Fred Williamson in this. I want to see their characters. I uh I have a confession to make. I have never, never seen Escape from New York. I have never watched Escape from New York. My parents did. I was in the room, but I was disinterested uh, right away because I was six. Oh, well. <laughs> have, you seen, like, have you seen the Warriors? Nope. Hmm. Oh, this too. This oh, movie gotta... is my first exposure to both of those things, and isn't that sad? Hmm. Well, Thanks, Eric. Yeah, because it's it's. <laughs> It certainly has, you know, a lot of influence. Like, both those movies influence this majorly. But this movie does not hold a candle to either of those <laughs> movies. No. So. But, um, yeah, all. we'll have to maybe uh, consider getting to those eventually and making you watch them. So. I mean... Especially I The Warriors. I, I, I hate to say that because Escape from New York I love a lot, too. It's a John Carpenter, and it's one of my favorite filmmakers, and that's a great film, but... I think the Warriors is something you got to see, especially after sitting through this. Like, I think you'll get this if you see the Warriors. <laughs> yeah, but I know yeah. enough to get what I could. That's for, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, culturally too. Like. Yeah, culturally. Uh, yeah. You know, growing it's up. Like, and, yeah, it's like Geist is real. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I think. Uh, God, this. You know, like I said, you can't even say it. Like, really took liberties. It. It just. It's it's ripping those off, but it's yeah. doing it in a way where I think it would be a cool sequel to both films if it was handled better. Like if Walter Hill came back, so oh, this is gonna be Warriors too. 
okay, I could see this plot working in that setting. I could also see it working for a sequel to Escape from New York. And that's the sad thing. It's like the two movies you borrowed from this would make a better direct sequel to either of those than whatever the hell you tried to do here. <laughs> what you made here with your loose plot about some, you know, evil corporation that runs the police and post-apocalyptic New York. And I don't know. It's hard to actually figure out what's going on if you really dig into the details of the plot because there's not details. But nope. it's, uh, <laughs> it's fine. It doesn't really matter. Pretty girl likes trash. Trash likes pretty girl. That's uh, pretty much what you get here. So. I mean, if trash um, just talked like that in general, trash like pretty girl. I think it trash would work Levi's better, right up hard in trash's taint. Gray yeah. matter be crushed. Um, what about hot dog? Hot dog. Yeah. So who the fuck was Hot Dog? I couldn't figure it out. Who? Like, there's this guy. They keep calling him Hot Dog, and is he related to somebody? I can't really tell. Uh, it's he's some guy they don't like. He's just I an don't aimless get trucker. Who he is? He's a trucker yeah, without a. He's. Hitch. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't get where he fits in to anything. I get like his purpose in the movie, like the way that Hammer uses him, and the way that like, but. But who is he? <laughs> like, who is he? Yeah, exactly. Like, where does he fit into all of this? Like, he, he just know. drives around in his fucking like semi, and just. And gets... Chris Connolly that played him was actually one of the like next to Vic Morrow and Fred Williamson, like one of the more recognizable faces in this film. Like right. He had a TV career and everything, so. And he, I don't get it. <laughs> and he had that one foot bigger than the other, or one leg longer than the other thing going on with his character, that they just mm. show. And you get like one insult, but he gets called peg leg, and I'm like, I don't think that fits. <laughs> I don't think, I think that's a, yeah, I think that's his real leg. <laughs> it could have been my general disinterest in the entire first act of this movie. Uh, it, it picked up for me, and I, I enjoyed it more than I thought I was going. I really thought this was going to be tough because the first act is just terrible. Um, but maybe I, I thought maybe I missed something about this character, like where he came from, but. I don't know. After like hearing your reactions to Hot Dog, like I don't think I missed it. I think it's just not there. It's just not there. It's just Hot Dog is Hot so, Dog. So yeah, he's just well, like, unless there's some throwaway line of dialogue in the first act that I just didn't catch because I was too busy going, "What the fuck's going on?" You know, yeah, which is a distinct possibility. <laughs> yeah, I was I was really worried about this one when I first started it because it did not get it get. It did not. I wasn't having fun with it for the first like 30 minutes like it was a tough it was a tough starter um it never gets good necessarily <laughs> but i certainly had a lot more fun later on in the film like it it, it came around and i was yeah. enjoying myself but i yeah that first act is tough <laughs> how about um there's the one scene where like there's like this one like loyal trash dude in, in the I never know his name, and I don't know the guy with the mustache. The guy with the mustache, like the writer yeah, version of our like Freddie straight Mercury, straight out of a, a leather bar. Yeah, 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 there you go, leather bar <laughs> Freddie Mercury. Finds out that you know Ice is working with Hot Dog and the Hammer, which is not a porn, but should be, <laughs> <laughs> or a uh, band name. Hey, guys, I'm just saying, Hot Dog and the <laughs> Hammer, um, Ice baby. Um, anyways, uh, so he. Runs into the fucking uh, scavenger gang. They fuck him up bad. 
and then Trash yeah. and the Ogre find him. And when I say they find, he's he's strung up and he has his limp arm. But when you get closer, you find out that it's it's a full on break in the wrist with bone sticking out. And he yeah. the first thing mm-hmm. he does is like come on, like he's unconscious. I'm like, yeah, you're you have bone broken and sticking out. And he just lifts up his head and smiles, and goes, Trash, it's you. I'm in so much pain. No, no, you'd be fucking screaming that shit, my friend. screaming that shit what i wrote down when we come to this scene is there is more romance in this scene than any scene with Anne. (laughs) like yeah they're just like i don't know they're like fawning over one another he's like trash like you've come to see me as i'm dying like (laughs) i'm in uh, so much pain and then just like not to mention the costumes kind of add a little bit to it and i mean not to you know yeah i mean leather daddy uh yeah must with the mercury fr- mustache I, mean, I think this is the real love story in this movie right there but then yeah. trash like hugs his head and then breaks his neck <laughs> and then like yeah, put, yeah and, like I, as you do you know as you do and i'm just thinking should have done the exhaust method man <laughs> just would have passed out oh god <laughs> <laughs> to oh. bring things full circle <laughs> full oh, winnie the pooh head in it man um <laughs> so yeah uh. <laughs> Christopher Robin <laughs> Oh bother <laughs> You're fucking watching <laughs> Wonderful thing about figures Cause you got the Holy tiger gang Lee. <laughs> I'm not going down this rabbit Where's, hole Where is this You mean rabbit's hole not, I'm not doing it I'm not going down that no, <laughs> not gonna do the the warriors Winnie the Pooh style. Get some seventeen year old at a fair dressed in a fucking pig suit. He's <laughs> part of the game. Just imagine Owl being up there. Can you dig it? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. I we like that you this... laughed hard. You laughed at that that much, and you haven't even seen the Warriors. So yeah, like, you got to see that because you're gonna find that even more funny. But, I, well, but I'm aware of "Can You Dig It, Dude." <laughs> I'm good, aware good, of that. Good, good. Oh, I pictured the purple robe shit. and everything. Wow. Um, also, I played a lot of Legend of Zelda: Ocarina of Time, and there's that whole owl. So there's a lot that was connected there for me. So yeah. We should that's cook. how great this movie is a a winnie the pooh mashup with warriors would be better put this um, on disney plus this, this would do way better yeah hot that's dog i think we should get try to get it to him just call it hot dog yeah. and the hammer <laughs> that's what it should be yeah. it should be called hot dog and the hammer this... and it's going to be like the disney winnie the pooh characters in all of the characters for this movie and it just won't make any fucking sense it would make no yeah. fucking sense <laughs> Piglet's the one with the broken wrist, and he has to. <laughs> oh, did it, deer! Oh, deer! <laughs> <laughs> I'm in so much pain, Pooh. <laughs> yeah. God, should we? Do we end it? Do we end yeah, it? Like we I, end well, it? <laughs> last my last note is something I already I already said earlier, and that's Vic Morrow's maniacal laughter right before he gets harpooned, and that's that's it. That's the end of the movie. He's harpooned. He's drugged. That's it. So yeah. we don't even get to see the full dragon. Even like that sounds different. Anyways, you don't even get to see the whole thing happen. Just he just gets dragged, and then you see that bicycle off in the distance, and that's when they freeze frame. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's, <laughs> that's it. it. That's it. It's like oh. Yeah. The uh, the it. firefight literally because of the flamethrowers and uh, that kind of is the climax of the film, as the cops surround and kind of kill all of the 
the gang members that are um, present um, is both really, really like cheesily entertaining, but also like a really, really um, cheap and terrible <laughs> Z-grade uh, um, sequence because they literally... I mean, we talked about reused shots a couple of times in this movie. Most of them are in this sequence. Like, they keep reusing the same, like, fire and the same, like, guy falling. <laughs> yeah, and, like, getting shot in the face with it. And it's kind of like, oh, man. Like, there's seconds, you know, they're only, like, separated by 30 seconds time. You can't reuse shots that quickly because we, we could see it. <laughs> like, we remember. Like, right. They use it, like, know. 12 times. It's it's a lot. Yeah. I think they only had they only had so much fuel. Um, yeah, so it was a little rough, but Vic Morrow, you know, he um, he uh, broke the tension there with his laughter. So I will say, there. since we brought up fire, that this isn't just this movie, but pretty much everything in general. They have like a Viking funeral for one of like for two of their fallen comrades, like in the middle of the movie. Um, oh yeah, yeah. So all they do is throw them on fucking like um, some wooden. Uh, what planks and some shit like simple fucking shit and then light it on fire and then like apparently the body's all magic they all they're all ash which really realistically like i i watched watched i watched uh a lot of yeah YouTube it's, videos it's not of, that simple it's yeah. not i watched a lot of youtube yeah. videos with like a coroner and talking about cremation because you know you have to figure out what you do after you know the exhaust um, mm-hmm. And you find out how hot it has to be and how constant, and not and bone doesn't fully fucking go. So anyone planning to do a Viking funeral, it's not gonna last long, and you just barbecued your loved one. That's all you did. Yeah, yeah, it ain't gonna be a thing. I did like that how disclaimer. when they dumped the ashes in the following scene that they all pulled a big Lebowski unintentionally. Like obviously when they shot that, <laughs> the wind was blowing at them a yeah. little bit. <laughs> <laughs> because they all dumped those coffee cans and just like, like back on all the actors like oh, they didn't really use ashes so <laughs> I do think it was kind of a cool like tribute like style of tribute and you're right they're probably not throwing they wouldn't realistically most of it's wood most of it's the wood but that's fine you could you could you could justify that you could find some symbolism in that you know whatever you know ash from the funeral pyre of this person fine whatever mm. um i thought it was kind of cool but yeah the the, the lebowski thing kind of ruined it for me <laughs> i was like oh that's cool oh oh they're not going to address it they're just going to keep doing it okay well it's kind of like they were like quick the wind's not blowing throw oh it's blowing just again keep, keep going <laughs> we're out of ash this is the final yeah. take <laughs> you guys got to remember well, we can't do that again because we can't afford to have you know, another shot so we in the bronx we live with death literally it's all over us it's constant yeah. Yeah, we were literally covered in death right now. It's in they my grabbed, eyes. It's in my hair. They grabbed a handful of sand underneath. They're like, there have been so many people burned here. It, you're throwing <laughs> somebody. <laughs> yeah. Especially at uh, the end well, of the fucking movie. <laughs> yeah. Anyways. Well, this was a little bit of a brief one, but I don't feel like I have a whole lot more to say. Do you guys have any other final thoughts before we go and... Uh... Oh, we stretched this longer than I thought we were going yes. to. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like we're stretching a bit. The Winnie the Pooh kind of was a sign. <laughs> yeah, but, Start uh, with a dead rat, end with a dead rat. Yeah, well, so if we have to, uh, you guys have to give this one a grade. What do, where do you think you land on on 1990, the Bronx Warriors? We'll start with you, Joe. Um, yeah, this one was a bit of a tough one to get through, not because of, like, ooh, disturbing imagery or anything, just, like, boring and kind of bad and terrible dialogue and repeated sets and bad dubbing. But 
yeah, the first two acts are hard to get through. The last <laughs> act gets a little more fun. You're kind of like, okay, this sucks, and they're just rolling with it, and it's fine. Um, I wouldn't recommend it for all audiences because, again, if you're not, this isn't a movie I don't think I'd even watch like at a random night. You got to be in the mood for something like this. Yeah, there's a mood. Um, so it took it took me two <laughs> days to get through it. Uh, my wife bailed out after the first act. She's like, "This just sucks." Um, <laughs> but actually, by the end of it and chatting about it and stuff, yeah, it it has its merits. It's got some fun. So Fred Williamson's always cool. I mean, he's always. the shit. Plain and simple, <laughs> hands down. Uh, so I'm actually going to give this one a C minus. It's oh, wow. it's bad. It's really better bad. than The Giver. <laughs> I, oh yeah, I had more fun watching this than The Giver. Interesting. The Giver okay. was cringy. This was like this is just terrible. So I had a lot more fun with this one. So yeah, I'm gonna go with the C minus. What do you think, Ryan? Um, it's a lot of the same thing. This movie was kind of a. I watched it this morning, the first thing I did, um, and now we're at we're recording tonight, and I forgot most of the movie already. <laughs> like oh, it's yeah. just. There's just so much. So when you said you did a two-parter, Joe, I'm like, how? I mean, I get that you had to rewind, but I would have had to do the whole fucking movie over again. Um, I had laundry to fold. It was fine. Yeah, I literally <laughs> did. So- I literally did something else as well, because um, <laughs> you kind of have to. Um, but there is there is some dialogue that is just golden, like trash. Uh, dialogue, not just because of the character trash, I just mean trash dialogue in general. That's just beautiful, and yeah. you kind of want to carry with you and periodically drop on somebody. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it's like, even though I didn't really see The Warrior or uh, Escape from New York, but from what I know about those movies, I can see in this movie, and that makes me kind of feel like that's who wrote this movie is someone like I don't I've never seen these movies but I I know enough about them to make a movie based out of it. Um, <laughs> that works. But uh, man, the ogre he I want I I wish there was more ogre. He was just he was like the best character in this whole fucking thing and uh, and I think that uh, hot dog and the hammer should be the next uh, their own spinoff it should be their starsky and hutch in this post-apocalyptic brought one is a renegade mercenary cop another one is a short-legged bad-tempered truck driver and they drive around in the streets of the bronx or whatever anyways it would be great i give this a t-minus though i can't lie um (laughs) this is not a good movie and it's like if i had an option not to watch it again i just wouldn't that being said doing the doing this episode talking about it this is the highlight of this movie this is what the movie has brought forth is conversations about dead mice winnie the pooh <laughs> and, um, it's been a something one. came out of it not necessarily something good but something <laughs> but something yeah. a, a mess came out of it uh so i think yeah d minus all of the shitty right. movies you've seen this is the most recent this is the, definitely yes. the most recent. Uh, I don't think the, this is better than the Giver. Uh, Giver is very fucking bad. But I mean, if you fuse those two, I'm saying Hot Dog and the Hammer. It's getting better by the second. There you go. But anyways, Eric, your turn. I, yeah, I would. I I will echo kind of a lot of that. But I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna side with Joe on this. I think this movie. I think good is a subjective term, but I had more fun watching this movie than I did The Giver. And I think it's because The Giver, it's somewhere inside of its, like, 
layers. It thought it was making a serious movie of some sort. And this one, I don't think anyone had that idea. Like they were just making this thing, you know. Um, I don't know. I don't, it was there's some this movie was dialogue. Fun, but it is it is one you got like Joe said you got to be in the mood for it. This movie is yeah. utterly garbage as well. It, yeah. It's a fun movie, but it's it's crap. Like it's you got to be in the mood for like Z grade ripoff style. Uh, you know, uh, Italian, and you know, in this era, like in, in the late '70s and early '80s, the, the Italian um, cinema was was just ripe with these kind of like. Uh, I think Joe was at last week. I think you brought up the Asylum and how they kind of make these kind of cookie cutter carbon copies of things, and that's kind of what Italian cinema was pumping out, at least on their like lower tiers. I don't know if they call them B movies there necessarily, but um, what's B in Italian? Yeah, I, I probably should know, but I don't. <laughs> uh, I don't know if I should know. I don't know, but um, okay. But yeah, the, the script and like the acting and like the, the entire like product they produced here is just unintentionally hilarious. Like throughout the whole movie, I say unintentionally. I can't imagine anyone was taking this too seriously in the first place, but it's still that bad that I feel like the tough talk and all the like, just kind of the situations they put people in, the ridiculous gang. Uh, the kind of shticks that each gang has one well, then you know the next one is even sillier than the last and um that gives it kind of a fun uh, atmosphere i do have to take some points away for the first act being not as interesting as the rest of it once they get into like their quote-unquote epic quest to go and find the ogre kind of deal like the movie the movie picks up and it's quite a bit of fun after that but the first act is is I think Joe mentioned uh, his wife took off at that point. She's probably the smartest <laughs> one out of all of us because yeah. that, you know, I, I felt the same way and like, yeah, I had to finish it because, because I had to talk about it on the podcast. But, um, so yeah, I can't give this a high grade. I think I'm going to land right where Joe was. This was a C minus. Uh, again, it's better. That's better than my Guyver score. I, I, I would put them kind of close to the same tier, but I do think this one was more fun. I was laughing hard. I was laughing harder with this one. So. Oh, cool. Well, there's our our three takes on 1990 The Bronx Warrior, but we'd love to know what any of our listeners thought of this one. Please feel free to send any of those questions, comments, criticisms, or criticisms to the Video Junkier Podcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Twitter at Video Junk Pod, or find us on our Facebook pages, plural, the main Video Junkier Podcast page, or the Video Junkier Podcast group. We would love to hear your thoughts. And the Video Junkyard Podcast now has an official Patreon page, which you can find at patreon.com slash Podcast. If you take a second to check it out and consider helping us, uh, just give give a little bit to help us with the cost of creating the podcast. So any money collected through Patreon only goes back into the podcast, helps us cover production costs, web hosting costs, etc. Uh, we appreciate any help you can give. And there's some cool perks if you go and, and sign up uh, for each tier of support based on you know how much uh, you're could spare to give uh including some uh, video junkyard podcast merchandise and swag uh exclusive members only content uh the ability to vote in polls help us pick out what we're going to watch on the show so uh go over to patreon and check it out and if you think it's something you're interested in we very much uh, appreciate any support uh, yeah coming up on the podcast we have uh next week we're going to be checking out the new zealand horror feature horror comedy housebound oh, nice. uh, which i've seen before and uh you join us for that one it's going to be a lot of fun uh followed by our david cronenberg uh takeover we're going to watch two films that you the audience helped us select we're going to check out the dead zone uh and cosmopolis which i've actually not seen and have been interested in seeing but never gotten around to it so Thank you for putting me up to actually watching that one. Bye.
Um, we'll get some more on the website. We have started posting our schedule. We'll always have a month worth of, worth of movies posted on the Facebook page and in the Facebook group. Uh, go there and check it out if you want to know what's coming up in the podcast. If you want to, you know, kind of watch ahead of time and uh, or try to track these things down. We do try to stick with the, the free services. Uh, I think the Dead Zone is only going to end up being on Hulu. So if you are a Hulu subscriber, that will be free to stream. Uh, it's also rentable via Amazon, etc. Um, but yeah, we do try to keep them to the free services. That one, unfortunately, is a, on a subscription service. But um, we do what we can. Yeah, so. yeah, we do what we can. That's right. Yeah. We want to thank you once again for listening to the Video Junkyard Podcast, and we hope if you enjoyed yourself, you'll like, share, do whatever you can. And until next time, I'm Joe Peterson. I'm Eric Branson. And I'm Ryan Stiesko saying... Life means nothing. We live with death every single day. Death walks with us. Death rides and sleeps with us. We carry its smell under our skins. You have been listening to the Video Junkyard Podcast. I do wish we could chat longer, but I'm having an old friend for dinner. You just can't let them go? Go. Stay on the road. Keep clear of the moors. We want to take this opportunity to thank you for listening to the Video Junkyard Podcast and remind you to find us on social media on Facebook at facebook.com slash video junkyard podcast on Twitter at video junk pod and on Instagram as video junkyard podcast all one word want to thank you again for listening and keep digging who knows what treasures you'll find in the video junkyard <laughs>